Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Beekeeping for Newbies. I'm going to keep that groovy music going just a little bit in the background there so you guys can enjoy that a little bit longer because I'm sure you're digging on that little blast from the past there. Okay. Well, hey, we got a lot of fun stuff going on today. I am trying to uh, to get dug out of a whole lot of backlog. Typically, I'll have one episode that I'm working on at a time, and then I try to record, and then I do all my editing, post it, and kind of lather, rinse, repeat the same thing over and over again. Lately, because of time and other things going on, I've just been uh, like making notes, tons of notes. So I've got three episodes of notes right now. I'm trying to record everything back to back and get it out as quickly as I can. And uh, we have a lot to cover. And I figured I would just mix it up again a little bit with uh, with that super groovy song there. So uh, there's plenty more where that came from. So let's see. Oh, yeah. There it is. So I have a whole song that goes with this, right? Like, I have a whole thing that I have kind of mapped out. It's got a lot of good rhyming and stuff, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get in trouble with, with everybody who gets upset if I talk about anything other than bees. But hold on. Wait. Hey, there you go, folks. So we got a big, big bee discussion today. We're going to be talking about hives and honeybee feeding and how great it is to put sugar in your hives over the winter. Let's talk all about that. Okay. Anyway, back to business. So folks, today is don't fear the swarmer because sometimes you got a fever and the only prescription is more swarms. Okay. Okay. I know, I know we did talk about this in the past. It is something that I can't control. I don't, I don't have a conscious ability to say, Hey, that's not funny to 80% of the people. So I recognize that I'm thinking about trying to maybe come up with like a dad joke advanced warning system or something where like I push a button and it makes a sound and then you just know, you know, tune out for the next 15 or 20 seconds or whatever it might be. I'm working on that. We'll, we'll figure something out. But anyway, picked up a couple new uh, discord members recently, which is great. I think I'm looking at the screen right now. We've got about 40 people in there, which is pretty cool. It's, you know, usually I think right now there's like five people active in chatting, which is kind of neat. I'm really pleased and excited with the growth there. I love the fact that people are talking in my absence, so it's really good because that's the whole idea behind it, right, is to get everybody sharing ideas together and talking about all the things that I don't know. So if I can be a facilitator and get all of you together and and sharing information, that's what it's all about. So I mentioned, I think, in the last episode or pretty recently about making some sizable investments on, you know, producing some better content. 
I've really wanted to do the, the video combination thing where I do the podcast, have a video, you know, take some, some cuts from the, the podcast and make it on the video side. Uh, I still am a firm believer that I have a great face for radio, but you know, we'll throw it out there and we'll see what everybody thinks. I have 95% of all that stuff is with me. I'm just trying to figure out exactly how and where I want to get everything set up. So that's kind of been taking up a little bit of my time lately. There's a couple new pieces of hardware I've incorporated. One of them is for mobile purposes only. And I want to really be able to produce mobile content while I'm out and about. So more to follow here. We're fine tuning and tweaking a few things, but it's all good. So another thing I wanted to mention before we jump into all the fun stuff here is that I do, I deliberately repeat things a lot. You probably see it in the, in the, in the uh, discord room. You hear it on the podcast. I say things a lot that are things you're like, man, I, I heard him just say this two, three, five episodes ago. There are several reasons for it. One of them being, if you hear something repeatedly, it helps to reinforce it. Uh, another thing is that it's a topic where maybe somebody came across the podcast, but hasn't listened to every episode. They joined the discord and it's new information. And I don't want to say, well, I'm sorry. I have to refer you back to episode eight. You know, some, sometimes we do talk about things that are kind of repetitive. I don't think, you know, I'm not going to redo an entire show on, you know, what is a hive body or what is a frame, but there are certain things that are really important to reinforce. So if it gets a little bit boring from time to time, because you're hearing things that are redundant, I do apologize, but we, we you know, we have to kind of reinforce some of these concepts from time to time. And I want to make sure that everybody's getting a chance to kind of get the information or at least some of those foundational things without having to go back and listen to every episode. There are some people that I think are coming in, just just jumping right in. Oh, episode thirty. That sounds kind of neat. And then they're kind of rolling from there. That's cool. You're you're gonna miss a few things if you don't go back. But like I said, we'll we'll talk through it. Jump in the Discord. And we'll chat about it over there too. Whatever works for you. So I wanted to mention one. I had a note about this, but I wanted to mention this as it came in in an email. And normally I kind of reserve those things for the B buzz, but I don't have a full B buzz worth of stuff prepared right now. So it's a question from Tammy, and she says. If your bees swarm, do they leave a new queen behind? And if so, can you just let the swarm happen and not try to capture it? Is that, air quotes, kind of bad beekeeping? So I'm going to answer that in this podcast. But as it relates to whether or not it's bad beekeeping, I would say this. If you're beekeeping as a hobby, right, the hobby is for you. It's not a hobby for your neighbor, your, you know, husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, sister, brother, children, whatever. It's your thing. Figure out what you want to get out of it and pursue that. Don't let people bully you around, right? It's not your career. It's not your job. It's not there. If you're not a great beekeeper, you're not going to pay your mortgage or something like that, right? It's not a business. The idea behind it is to be doing something that you're enjoying. If you said to me, look, Jeff, I like to install my bees, a package of bees for 150 bucks or whatever it is every spring, and I just like to watch them grow that spring. And if they swarm, they swarm. If they don't, they don't. If they make it through the winter or whatever, I'll just buy another package next spring. If that's the level of enjoyment and engagement that you want to have with bees, then do your thing, right? Don't worry about what other people have to say. I mean, you know, like I've said to you guys a million times, man, there's everybody and their brother is an expert in everything. And they're going to tell you, the only way to do this is this way. The only way to do it is that way. You know, I almost equate that to like, like going to an amusement park or something or riding a roller coaster. Like when have you ever gotten on a roller coaster and somebody says, no, 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 you're doing it all wrong. You know what I mean? Like you have to have your hands up when you go on the roller coaster. Don't, don't tell me how to ride the roller coaster. Right? This is your roller coaster. Do your thing. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. You know, it's kind of like fishing for me. right? I fished a lot as a kid. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, you know, I still fish a little bit here and there. I really don't care if I get better. 
You know, I don't care if I catch fish. I like being outside. My girls used to fish with me when they were little. I can still usually get one of them to come out every now and then. I'm just happy to be able to hang out with them, get a little fresh air, enjoy the water, listen to the birds chirping and doing their thing. Just, you know, have fun, do your thing. Now, one thing I will tell you that it is kind of an important thing to anybody in the bee community, uh, as a beekeeper particularly, is it's pretty important to try and figure out how to control varroa, right? Varroa and other kinds of disease and illness, like those, those things are pretty bad for the community as a whole. Uh, I'm not going to go down the path of you know, like the recent viral kind of thing, but it's a similar position to that a lot, what a lot of people would take with the virus that plagued the country for a little while. Some people had the position, it's like, well, I, I'm going to go this way, this is my health, and I'm going to deal with it my way. Other people took the position, well, your health might impact me, so we want you to do this anyway, right? So thinking of that as kind of like a reference point with the honeybees, if you say with the bees, I'm not going to treat the honeybees, I think that they either need to figure it out or they need to die, and that's just natural selection, then it's possible that those bees could swarm, go somewhere else, and potentially, even if they don't, whether they swarm or stay locally, it doesn't matter, that colony can become a bit of a varroa bomb. Basically, it's like a breeding ground for varroa, and you quite often will have what we call drift. If you have multiple hives of your own or you have a lot of them within an area, it's not uncommon to have some bees that go from one colony to the next. They kind of just drift over to another one. So for whatever the reason might be in that case that that might happen, now you have your infected bees going over into non-infected hives and spreading their illness. It's sort of like the reason like with American fowl brood and European fowl brood where they say, well, you need to burn the frames, like literally burn all that hardware by it's gone forever kind of thing because they don't want anything else to come in contact with that that could impact a new colony or bees that would drift from one to another. So that's the only part of it where I would say that you need to kind of be mindful. Like if you did nothing else, maybe do an inspection every now and then make sure things aren't completely falling apart. Throw some, you know, apivar strips in there or have somebody that has a, a vaporizer do some oxalic acid. Do something. But outside of that, Find a way to enjoy it. Have fun. Have fun on your terms. And, you know, if people don't like your position, I can quote a great philosopher named uh, Eric Cartman, who once said, screw you guys, I'm going home. So it's good, good advice in that situation. If you don't agree, just do your thing. Don't worry about anybody else. Okay, so I want to cover a few other things, particularly for those of you, if you're engaged in very specific activities when you're listening um, if you are cleaning the house when you listen, if you look b- back to the left over there, you missed a spot right back there on the left, if you can get that. If you're working out right now, uh, don't cheat your body, right? Those who say they can and those who say they cannot are both usually right. So you can do this. Don't give up. Keep pushing. If you're traveling right now on I-90 eastbound, just after Superior, Montana, there is a moose jackknifed out there on the westbound lane, so you'll want to keep your eyes open for that. Traffic is moving by on the right-hand shoulder, so just keep to the right. Okay, enough silly games for today. Time to get down to business. As you may recall, in the last episode, we talked about splits. I think it was a pretty comprehensive discussion, but if you still have some questions, you know, let me know. We'll get them answered in the Discord or through a follow-up B-Buzz or whatever it might be. But in this episode, we're going to talk about what happens if you don't take appropriate actions as we discussed. Some of this is going to be a recap of old information, 
but you know, it never hurts to, to reinforce concepts and, and help them stick a little bit better like we talked about earlier. So we established that swarming is a perfectly natural thing that is, you know, it's by design. It's to allow the honeybees to procreate, create more colonies, you know, et cetera. In the spring, when there's a big nectar flow, there's just tons of resources pouring into the hive. So this is going to stimulate the queen to lay eggs and the colony to raise that young brood. And as this continues, the colony will explode in size very quickly. Once they start to get crowded, they recognize that space is going to be an issue, so they create queen cups. This is sort of their process of getting prepared for what might happen. Maybe it's going to happen, maybe it's not. Let's create the queen cup in case we need to raise more queens. Once that queen cup is there, the queen's just doing her thing. She's just, every place that she has to lay an egg, she's laying an egg. And she's letting the workers and the colony as a, as a unit make the decision as to whether or not they're going to raise more queens. So usually, you know, I've had queen cups that have been in there in the spring, and then they've, I've done things within the, within the hive. They never get filled, and everything is fine. I've had scenarios where I've never, never even saw a queen cup, and next thing I know, there's a queen cell, right? So queen cups are a good first indicator, but you don't always have them. But when you see them, just get it in your mind. It's not the end of the world. And it's also a really good time to be able to see whether or not there is an egg in the cup. Because as soon as you see a queen cup, you can look in there. You may have to tilt the frame in a way to get the sun to shine right down into it. Or if you're wearing glasses or magnifiers or whatever you might have, or maybe you even shine a light down in there. But if you see a queen cup, definitely definitely be looking to see if there is a an egg in there. Essentially, what you're, you're going to have is a, a small little larva in the shape of like a letter C, and it's just drowning in a little puddle of royal jelly. Not literally drowning, but it's, it's swimming in a puddle of royal jelly. But if you don't do anything about this, they will raise queens, and a couple weeks from when those queen cups are popping up, that's when the real swarming is going to begin. So why do I say don't fear the swarm? So the first thing, it really comes down to fundamentals, right? In the spring, you really need to be doing inspections every week. If you push that to 10 days, that's, you know, it's not the end of the world, but that should really be kind of the high limit. So if, if you did an inspection, as an example, on a Saturday and it rained the entire next, you know, like, so let's say it's a full week goes by, you're planning to inspect that next uh, weekend, rains all weekend, right? So there's one week gone by and maybe you're able to do your inspection on Tuesday. So now you're around 10 days. You could actually go from no swarm cells being present in the hive at all to having them there and capped in that time frame. Now, as an experienced beekeeper, I'm like, oh, okay, I got some queen cells, whatever. I know what I'm going to do because I've done it, you know, a million times before. It's not a big deal. When you're a first year, even the first few years, you're like, oh, crap, <laughs> queen cells here. We got to figure this out, right? So it can be a little bit stressful. So in this scenario, you're midweek, you're at least 10 days in, you got a capped queen cell. You pretty much, you know, the, the, the swarm is coming, right? That colony is going to swarm. The queen cell is there, and more likely than not, you're probably going to have two, three, four, ten. 10. I mean, I have seen some colonies that have queen cells all over the place. The more crowded they are, the more of them they seem to make. So when you see that on that like day 10, that's where you maybe want to get somebody else, take the kids to soccer or whatever else you had going on that evening. You know, things are about to get pretty lively in your yard and you need to kind of, you need to take immediate action. So while we're, while we're on that subject, let's talk a little bit about what should be done here. So it's often said that, that once a swarm 
kind of like the the swarm instinct that that switch has been flipped, you know, to the on position. The bees are going to swarm one way or another. That's what a lot of people will tell you. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think that once that they recognize, hey, we've got a queen cell, multiple queen cells, let's figure it out. I think that they, again, I don't know the, the mental process that goes on there in that, you know, one millimeter brain or whatever they have. But it, it does seem like I've seen some before where you start taking action that you think is good and then they still swarm anyway. So there are a few things that you can do if you find yourself in this situation. Remember, don't lose hope, right? I mean, everybody, there, there are people out there who've been through this a million times before. Jump online, send a message, ask a question, but it's going to be okay. We'll, we'll work through this together. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump out for a second here, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the things that you should do when you find yourself in this situation. So normally what I would do in a situation like this when I push the wrong button is I would just edit that out and then I would come back later on and fix that. But it's just, it's too funny that I'm gonna have to leave it there. So <laughs> I know I'm probably the only one who enjoys that. Okay, here we go. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. I hope that you're enjoying the show and are finding the information to be useful and valuable. In order to help keep the lights on, we do need to take a quick commercial break. Thank you so very much for hanging in there and I appreciate you. We will be right back. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everyone, welcome back, and thank you for staying with us today. As always, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or comments. I always enjoy hearing about your experiences, answering questions, and learning more about the challenges you're facing in different parts of the world. So please keep them coming. It's Jeff at beekeepingfornewbies.com. Now let's get back to the show on the Beekeeping for Newbies radio network. Okay, that's not a real thing, but I'm trying to make it sound more official, so just play along, all right? Thanks a lot. Okay, so the first option that you would have here is you can go through and remove any and all queen cells that are present, right? And to a brand new beekeeper, this seems like a pretty good idea, right? You go through, you just rip out all the queen cells, get them gone. You're back to one single queen. 
and everything's fine. However, as a seasoned veteran of the Beekeeping for Newbies podcast and an active Discord member, you know that you may still be in trouble. So the reason that you might still be in trouble here is because of that hive mind, right? There's a new queen about to be born, and they are getting ready to pack up and head out. If you just remove all the queen cells that are in the hive, you might find yourself in a situation where the current queen grabs her crew, they pack up, they walk out the front door, and they're gone. And now you're queenless, and you've destroyed all the queen cells, one of which would have replaced her. Now, you know, don't despair. All hope is not lost, as there is a strong likelihood there are still several, you know, eggs and young larvae that are left behind where the colony can make an emergency queen cell and, you know, get everything back. But remember the time of year that you are in. This is the peak of the nectar flow. Everything is really, really, it, this is the best time of year for bees, right? It's, it's my favorite time of year because there's so much activity, so much going on. And they're ecstatic as well. And that's why they're working so hard to grow their colony and, and make things happen. If they have to start over from scratch and make a queen, like we've talked about this for a long time, you're 16 days out, right, from when that egg is laid to having a new queen. Another week to get her mated and get her back to the colony and start laying eggs. Three more weeks before your first worker shows up. You've effectively destroyed the colony. At least by letting them swarm and leaving the swarm cells in place, or at least a couple of them, one or two, at least you still have a queen. She gets made it a week later, she's laying eggs, and you only had seven to ten days in the middle where you didn't have a lot of productivity. So much better than 40 or 50 days. So the next option that you have here is that you can take out all the queen cells or the frames that have queen cells on them. You can use those to make splits, which, you know, I love this idea. I do it all the time. You know, but again, if they are too far down the process of swarming, you know, it still can happen. And now you're queenless and also without the swarm cells to replace them again. But in this case, the good news is you took all those frames and you made splits with them. You still have good viable queens in your split colonies. So now you can go back and say, oh, wow, they did swarm. Didn't think that was going to happen. I thought maybe I had kind of curved that, uh, that desire to do so, no problem. Let me go grab one of my queens from my splits and one of my nukes or whatever you made from them, and you can bring her back to this colony. I think it's a great route to go with. Big fan. Last, which I would say is probably my favorite idea, and this is the one that I would, I would really recommend that you go for if you can, is go ahead and swarm for them. So once those queen cells are capped... It, it, you know, it can pretty much happen, the swarm. The swarm can pretty much happen anytime. You know, if, if you're keeping really good notes and you're inspecting regularly, you're going to be able to narrow it down. But unless you're looking inside the, the hive every, you know, two or three days, you're really going to be dealing with a range of time. You're not going to know exactly when that queen cell went in and when it was capped. And because you don't know definitively, you know, it's hard to say exactly when things are going to start happening. So that's where I like the idea of grabbing a nuke box or something that you can keep them contained in, right? Something where you keep the entrance closed, you're dropping frames in, you're closing them in. You want it to have a lot of ventilation because most likely it's spring or summer and it's warm. But find your queen, move her and about half the hive into that nuke or into a deep. You may have a deep that just has a solid bottom on it or whatever, whatever you want to use. 
even if you don't have a deep with a solid bottom, just get them all into something that you can relocate them with. So you take your original queen, you move her roughly half, maybe 60% of the hive, you move them somewhere else. You've now satisfied that urge to swarm. The queen is gone, so that they can't swarm without her, right? They're not going to just leave without her. You've captured this good quality queen that you have that has clearly been productive. Otherwise, they wouldn't be growing at such a rate that's forcing them to want to swarm. You've doubled your beekeeping pleasure now because you have a second hive that you can continue to raise. And those queen cells can hatch and they can do whatever it is they got to do. And queen can go out and get mated and you can have another colony up and running within a couple of weeks. So I like that approach. I think it's a really good way to go. It may not be the best for your situation, your scenario, but it's a very viable option. Another thing that I that I didn't I didn't really plan to even bring this up. It, it is something that you could, I guess, theoretically do is do like a push-in queen cage temporarily. So let's say, for example, that you have your one single colony or maybe you have two colonies. You don't want them splitting or you don't want to split them. You don't want them swarming. And you're trying to keep things contained because there's maybe there's an HOA that only allows you to have two colonies or maybe you're just concerned about the swarm going out or you're concerned about any concern that you might have. If the queen can't leave, the colony's not going to swarm. So if you found that queen, you positively identified your queen and you destroyed those queen cells and maybe you could, like I said, do like a push-in cage where it's about a half of a frame worth of some hardware cloth that you put around her with a couple of attendants in there and just keep her contained. They can feed her and they can just, you know, she'll stay on that frame for a week or so, let everything settle down within the colony, give them plenty of space. And then in a week, come back in, open it up and and set her free. I have never done that. It's just something that kind of popped into my mind as an idea where if you were late to the game and you didn't want them to swarm and you didn't want to have splits and you wanted to keep your queen, as, a, as an option that could potentially be a viable option. Like I said, I've never done it before. I think it might work. One quick note I wanted to make here. I, I, it's a terminology thing. I just want to make sure that everybody's kind of on the same page with it. But we often use the term swarm cells and queen cells kind of interchangeably. In general, nobody really cares, right? If it's a cell in the colony and it's about the same length and appearance as a peanut, it's a cell with a queen inside it, it's a queen cell. However, technically speaking, you know, queen cells down near the, the lower, like the, the bottom and the lower third of the frame in the spring, those are swarm cells. Supersedure cells tend to be kind of near the halfway point in the middle of the frame. They're usually not as many as you would see in a swarm cell kind of situation. And that's, that's something that you would see when there's something wrong. Something has gone wrong with the queen for whatever reason. It's the same kind of thing as like an emergency cell. You know, wherever there is an available young larva that they can make into a queen, that's what they're going to do. Still a, still a queen cell, right? It's just a different timing of the cell and potentially a slightly different location. The real difference, I would say, is, you know, those swarm cells will tend to be down near the bottom and they will hang down low. Sometimes they'll even hang down below the edge of the frame. So they appear to be much larger, whereas your other cells will kind of go up into the frame a bit because they're making that it's not planned. They didn't make the queen cell and design the cell around a new and young queen to be made. 
these are done around, oh, crap, we have a problem. Let's just work with what we have and make a cell. So you can see a definitive kind of difference in the appearance of them. They're all queen cells. I just kind of wanted to go through that with you in case anybody gave you a hard time. So let's talk about a, uh, another scenario here. Another possibility is kind of a bad one, but one that's going to happen you know, sooner or later if you keep bees long enough. The dreaded post-swarm inspection. Right, this is where you were out of town for a week. You didn't get the inspection done before you left. And uh, you came back to find a you know, smaller, noticeably smaller population and you know, hatched queen cells. So, well, while we're on that subject, let's talk about what to expect with the empty queen cells that are going to be left behind because they're going to tell a little bit of a tale in and of themselves. So generally speaking, you should see one of three things when you look at a mature swarm cell in your hive. The first thing is you're, you're either going to see a capped queen cell. It's about, you know, inch, inch and a half, maybe, yeah, probably like an inch and a half or two inches long. And remember, that, again, some of the cell can extend up into the comb. The second thing you might see is a hatched queen cell, which looks identical, but it has a hole in the bottom of the cell, right down near the bottom where the, the queen was born, where she emerged from the bottom of the cell. And the last thing that you could see is a queen cell that has a hole in the side with a dead queen inside. Now, you would only see the dead queen shortly after her death. The cleanup crew usually does a pretty good job of extracting you know, the dead and throwing them out of the hive for the scavengers. But in this scenario, the first queen to be born, if there are multiple swarm cells present, which, like we discussed, is very common, she'll run through the hive looking for any other queen cells. And when she finds them, she'll open them up from the side, and she'll sting and kill them you know, through the side of the, uh, through the, side of the queen cell. Uh, you know, I feel like there would be a better system, like a, maybe like a, like a wing wrestling match or something like that, and then the loser just has to leave and go start her own colony somewhere. I don't know, but nature is cruel. So... You know, to quote my, my dear friend Ricky Bobby, you're either first or you're last. So, you know, in this case, you're either first or you're dead. So that that's kind of a, an overview of the things that you may see. Now, it is possible, you know, one of them might be born and then like, you know, two frames over, another one's born within a minute or two, and then they have a bit of a battle royal. Those situations, I don't see that a lot, and I'm sure it probably happens all the time. I'm just not in a position where I'm studying them and watching them with enough frequency to actually see that. The concern that I have is you would have two queens battling it out. One of them gets injured and lives. One of them dies. And now you have this inferior, for whatever reason, this inferior queen. And then I'm wondering how long does it take before the colony recognizes something's wrong with her. And the next thing you know, you have a supersedure cell. Whole separate, deeper discussion for another time. Okay, so final thoughts here on not fearing the swarm. Are they bad for the colony? Yeah, they are. Are they harmful to people, pets, or anything else? No. Now, I mean, I guess the caveat to that is if you, have, if you have a pet that can climb a tree or if they can access a swarmed cluster, like I've seen them swarm before up underneath of a grill, like these side overhangs where you put plates and things while you're cooking on a grill. I've seen them get up underneath of those before sometimes when they, when they, uh, when they swarm. So, yeah, it's possible that they could get irritated. You know, in general, they're not defending a colony. They're not defending a hive. So they should be pretty calm. I've had some in that situation where I've reached up with my bare hands and no protective gear and lifted them up and moved them around. I've had some where I've gotten in proximity to it and they've decided to bounce off my head. Uh, there's a whole separate discussion we have coming up. I've got a couple other episodes mapped out. One of them is catching swarms. So we will talk about that, some of the process that you would go through. But, you know, in general, you can, you know, as long as you're careful, you can kind of handle them, move them around a little bit. But just make sure that, you know, you're handling them with care if you do decide to move them around or anything. 
All right, folks. Well, as always, uh, I appreciate your time and taking the time to listen here. I, I wouldn't be able to do this if you weren't there on the other end listening. So don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. It's Jeff at beekeepingfornewbies.com or for uh, those of you more security-minded and you'd like to use Proton Mail, it's more on the bees at protonmail.com. Don't forget to jump in with the team here and join the Discord room. Just go to beekeepingfornewbies.com on the front page there. We have a link to the Discord. We've got a lot of live chatting going on with folks, and people are posting pictures and videos and sharing information about bee clubs and ideas. We have a section in there where some people who really like to talk about prepping and things like that, they're talking about you know canning and preserving meats and doing other kinds of cool things that are you know, in line with beekeeping and, and we're doing the best we can to make sure we're keeping everybody on topic and not, not straying too far off the reservations. We want it to be, you know, all inclusive. We want everybody to feel like they're, they're able to share. And, and, um, I think it's been great. I'm having a lot of fun watching everybody do their thing and, and collaborating. So it's, uh, definitely getting where we want it to be. So I guess that is about all that I've got for now. So please take care, stay out of trouble try to focus on uh you know taking care of yourself and your family and pray for peace and all that good stuff because god knows we need all the help we can get all right everybody and uh this will be your one last chance to enjoy a little uh little starsky and hutch here before we go back to the the regular music here all right everybody take care have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.